I want to talk about the plumb line a little bit and just sort of talk with you because I know we don't have much time, so I'm going to just probably read a little bit and elaborate as little as possible. When we talk about the plumb line, we talk about God's measuring device and that the plumb line, you know, you're a carpenter, it is, uh, you have this plumb bob or this bob or this weight uh, on a string and it, it points true. T-R-U-E, it points true. So that means that when you have this thing in your hand, it's, it's perfectly perpendicular it's per, or it's perfectly vertical. It's perfectly vertical. And uh, in the story we're going to be reading, uh, God was, had given uh, Amos a couple of visions about Israel, but Amos interceded uh, for God and uh, on behalf of Israel, and so God relented. But then Israel didn't change. God gave them another opportunity to do the right thing, but Israel didn't change. And so God says, okay, I'm putting the plumb line here, and everything basically that is not straight with this plumb line, I'm tearing it down. And what God was going to do was demolish their religious and political system. I'm going to destroy it. And, and there are some other things, too, he was going to do as a result of it. So this was the... Uh, this theme for our symposium that we uh, just had. And uh, it, it seems as though those few little scriptures could not produce such a wealth of understanding, but it did. And everyone who came had a, a, like a different facet of this. It was so amazing. It was like the facets, the many facets of a diamond. They were all over the place, and I was sitting there being fed, really, really fed, thinking, God, you're just amazing. A lot of times when you see me being quiet or I'll pick up my phone or my iPad to write something, to type something, I'm not trying to ignore the speaker. My wife wants me to write it, but, but if I wrote it just to show you that I'm really writing it and I'm not surfing the Internet, if I wanted to do that, I wouldn't get anything written because I write very carefully. I have to, I, you know, I grew up in the day when they had the alphabet across the schoolhouse, remember? And, uh, and, I, and I practiced it all. So I, when, uh, I pr always practiced the alphabet, so everything has to be pretty much right. And uh, when I doodle, I do the alphabet. So anyway. Anyway. Uh, the <laughs> so, so, so what I'm saying is that I, I got so much knowledge and information from each speaker, every speaker brought something, whether they had five minutes, 10 minutes, 30 minutes, 40 minutes, every speaker did. So I, if you saw me on my iPad, I'm trying to get down that, get that thought in my head so that I could understand the plumb line better. So this is what God says. He said, behold, I set a plumb line in the midst of my people, right in the midst of us. So each one of us uh, are being measured each one of us is being measured by the plumb line, right? Each one is being measured by the plumb line. So God says, I have made this to be the last rule or the final measure. So I've, I've yielded. I've said, okay, um, I'm going to give them another opportunity. But everybody who is not measured by this plumb line, uh, I'm going to deal with. In, in carpentry, the wall is torn down. Why? Because it has a bad foundation and there's no need to build a straight wall on a bad foundation is going to shift again and again. So all of us need to look at God and allow him to deal with us. We, you know, we hear and we hear and we hear 
uh, and then we, we don't grasp that we're really playing games with God. When you just keep hearing and hearing and don't change, you're playing games with God. We don't believe that God will do what he says. You know, and I'm, I'm grateful that I know that God will do what he says. So let's look at this very, very carefully. A little, a little bit more about the plumb line. It's exacting. It is exacting. Someone said to me, you told me once that I was very exacting and it bothered me. I said, well, I don't remember saying that. And I'm glad I didn't remember saying that. It, it means like rigid or it's a severe, it's severe in demands or the requirements. So whatever God is requiring, whatever he's demanding is very severe. It has to meet that. It has to meet that standard. Now, before I go any further, let me tell you that, that I believe that this plumb line, you could say, is Christ and his cross. Now, to say it's Christ and his cross does not negate the fact that it is Christ who is the word of God. So it's the word of God. All right? So Christ who, who now is the, is the eternal spirit. So, okay, it is the spirit of God. So you can say that without deviation. That, that because Christ has now uh, given us his spirit, right? So his, he cannot be separated from uh, himself and his spirit. He cannot be separated from himself and his cross. Christ is that measurement. And so if Christ and his cross are, are, um, are, putting, are being placed in the midst of us, Christ and his cross, uh, being placed in the midst of us, then we're going to have to ask, what does that mean? What does that look like? It, it looks like to me, if I may just say this because of that, it, it's a person who is going all the way with what God the Father wants. There's no deviation. So then Jesus Christ gave himself over to the will of God, and the will of God did not take him around the cross. It took him to the cross. And so the will of God will not take us around our, the difficulty in our life. It will take us through it. I, I, I don't know how many times I've prayed that God would just let me off the hook. You know? You, uh, uh, well, just, but God is not going to let you off the hook, as it were. If the hook is your destination, you have to go there. So whatever it is in your life. Sometimes we want to extricate, remove ourselves from. We want to extricate ourselves from the difficulty. I'm no different than you. I've practiced many, many years of trying to extricate myself from the difficulty. Uh, but God says, no, you're going to have to go through the difficulty. And as uh, Pastor Christian shared earlier this, uh, this, today, that some of us aren't wanting to do it God's way, fall on the rock and be broken so we can be put back together. No, we're going to let the rock fall on us and we'll be crushed. So what we want to do is yield ourselves to what God is saying. I know right this very second that God is speaking to somebody right here, not just online, but somebody right here in this house, that there are some things you need to change in your life, but you're stubborn and don't want to do it because you think it's that person's fault. And so even if, I, if I'm crooked, it's, it's not that person's fault because I, I'm not aligned against that person. I'm aligned against God's measurement. Yeah. Yeah. So you and, you and I, it's, it's Christ and his cross. Have you gone all the way with God and done everything that God told you to do? Yeah. It's tough. I tell you it's tough. I have, I have prayed for deliverance more than I have development. And you have too. 
Now, you know I'm telling it straight, right? So, so uh, the, the plumb line always hangs true. It favors no man. It favors no side. And so, so when, when you see Christ and his cross in, in the midst of your life, you have to ask yourself, as I heard an old preacher say one time, he was preaching, he says, you know, when you live life, you ask yourself, how much is enough? And I'm sure somebody here has asked that question. He said, he said this much, Christ nailed to his cross. That's what the plumb line looks like. That's what the plumb line, I'm going to join you, Sister Agnes. And so, so we talk about the, the, the plumb line who, who, that is demanding that you and I walk in the character of God. God, as, as, the, as we, cannot be separated from his character. So God's character is true. It's right. And, we, and he allows no deviation. I, I shared with you uh, last week uh, just some comments about a a message that Dr. Doug Jackson preached. And let me just reiterate that. Uh, Dr. Jackson is just a phenomenal uh, expositor of the Word of God. Just, I mean, he's the kind of man we need to just get in his preach to preachers, you know. And so he preached this message, a very powerful message titled, When Did Truth-Telling Become Troublemaking? When Did Truth-Telling become troublemaking and we have we, we're living in a time now and I, I want to warn you I, I want to warn you don't let me forget where I am I want to warn you I, I, I don't know if it was this service or the last service or both when I was a young uh, man I, I seemed to always turn the Bible to Ezekiel and and, and get in the, the uh, verse that, of Ezekiel on the wall watchman on the wall I seem to always get to that verse. Watchman on the wall. I'm a little guy. So when I look back over my life, I realize God's always had his hand on me. Now, God didn't ever uh, have his hand on me so that when I decided I'm going to, you know, go crazy a little bit when I was in college, you know, I'm going to go crazy a bit. God didn't say, okay, baby, go and get crazy. But God just had his hand on me to get, bring me out of it, you know. And, and, and so when I... But I would always look at this watchman on the wall. And the watchman on the wall, God told Ezekiel that he had called him or set him to be a watchman on the wall. And that's what I, I am. I know that by the Spirit of God. I'm a watchman on the wall. And so, and God wants you then and those who are online to hear what the watchman sees and what the watchman has to say. And he said to Ezekiel that, that when he saw the enemy coming, he should blow the trumpet and warn all the people. But if he did not blow the trumpet, if he did not warn the people, the enemy was going to come and the, the, he would require their blood at his hand. And so, uh, but if he blew the trumpet and they ignored it, then they were on their own, right? Right. So this is what's going on in our world today. And I keep sounding this, this trumpet because God won't let me do other. He will not let me do other. And so I'm saying I'm never... Uh, angry. You know, remember I was preaching here for many years and I would, I would get really excited. I was a little younger, could move a little faster and I was all up here and I would get all passionate and passionate and I'd have to stop. So, ooh, I sound like I'm angry. And I would say, I'm not angry. I'm just passionate. Remember that? Remember that? So I am not angry. I'm passionate. Let me tell you the story about uh, um, Ahab and, and um, Elijah. It's in 1 Kings chapter 18. 
I think the, starting in the 15th verse. It says, Then Elijah said, As the Lord of hosts lives, before whom I stand, I will surely present myself to him, speaking of Ahab today. So Obadiah is uh, uh, the man who had uh, hidden all the prophets because Jezebel was killing all of God's prophets. Now listen, Jezebel, they were, they were be, be careful here, they were the government, the king and the queen, they were the government. And, and what they were doing was snuffing out the word of God. That's what was going on here. They were snuffed trying to kill all the prophets. So Obadiah had hidden prophets. And he didn't want to go tell. But the king said, you know, you've got to go uh, get, tell uh, Elijah to come. He didn't want to do it because he, said, he didn't know what the Spirit of God was going to do with that man of God. What if that man of God just disappeared? He said, the king then he was going to get me. You know, I, I've been doing a whole lot, uh, Elijah. Don't, don't get me killed. And so Elijah uh, says here, um, let me read it again. Oh, so Obadiah went... So Obadiah went to meet Ahab and told him, and Ahab, Ahab uh, went to meet Elijah. So he said, okay, he's going to be in this place. And, and Elijah said, okay, I promise you I'm, I'm going to meet him. So he did. Verse 17 said, then it happened when Ahab saw Elijah that Ahab said to him, is that you, O troubler of Israel? <laughs> and he answered, the prophet answered, I have not troubled Israel, but you and your father's house have. In that, in that, you have forsaken the commandments of the Lord and have followed the Baals or the false, the false gods. You have followed that. And this is what we, we are finding, beloved, all over the world. But right now, I want to address here because we are known as a Christian nation. I said, no, it's not true. We are a nation of Christians, but we're not a Christian nation. If this is a Christian nation, we just need to take the Bible and tear it, tear it up. But we, as God's people, can be, should be, must be the salt and the light. Because the cross, Christ and his cross are in us. It, it, the cross is in us. Christ is in us. So therefore, whenever we're in the midst of the world, we should be so plumb that they know something's wrong. That's what God wants for, from us. But have you noticed, and I've said this before, have you noticed we send our children to school, and this is pressure on our children, and I rebuke it in Jesus' name, but this is the pressure on our children. They have been taught to be plumb. So when they go out into the world, they don't fit in. Why? Because they're plumb. Everything else is all leaning, all crooked, and they're plumb, and so, so they, they stand out. And so we need to support our children and, and love our children and keep embedding into them the implanted Word of God, right? Pour the Word in them. And, and you too, when you go into the workplace, it's not always easy, is it? No, because you're plumb. Now, I've seen, had seen believers who are not, quote-unquote, they're not so plumb. <laughs> you know, they're sort of plumb sometimes. They come to church, they're plumb. But when they get out there, they kind of mix it up a little bit. And so they don't have such a hard time. If you're in the world system and the world system loves you, just take inventory. Take inventory. Really do that. Do that. Because, whoa, when, when everybody's saying good to, about you and to you. Now, it can develop that after, after a while they say, you know, that person is all right. 
I, in other words, I've not seen that person deviate, so I accept that person. Right. Now, that does happen with believers. I have seen that happen with believers. But when they just instantaneously uh, uh, just gravitate to you, it's not always good. It's not always good. Let me hurry up. And so uh, let me rush a little bit here. Uh, let me go down to Amos, uh, Amos 7, 9. Okay. I just want to come in here. You know, having failed the test of the plumb line, the nation's chief structures, both religious and political, would be demolished. Did you, did you hear that statement? That's what happened with Amos. So their religious and their political structures were going to be torn down. That's what's happening around the world right now. That's what's happening around the world. Now. I don't think that this devastating earthquake in Turkey and Syria was just a happenstance. I believe that God is talking. The question is, are we listening? I want you to listen. I want you to hear. And when you see these things, you know, these things happening, you should draw closer to the Lord, closer to the, as it were, the plumb line. Lord, judge me. Check, check me out, Lord. If you find anything in me that shouldn't be, take it out. Jesus, that's what God wants from us. And now when we go into the world sphere, we're not seen or appear to be hypocrites. Because some of us are hypocrites, but everybody. I, I can hardly watch television anymore. You know, you say, well, you're old-fashioned on that. You know, I would love to have some good movies. No, not, 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 not action movies anymore. Now, when they break the bones and all that, I used to like that, you know. But no, I, I would like to sometimes have some nice entertainment, but I got so convicted because I thought I don't want to enjoy somebody who is so ungodly. And they, they, if they don't change, they're going to hell. And I enjoy them and I'm going to heaven. It just seems to be a contradiction. But anyway, to, to go on, the, the, the enemy is raging everywhere. He's raging. And you and I cannot compromise. I believe that, and I believe this is prophetic, that if God should allow us who are compromising to escape, I think he would have to apologize to the wicked. So what I'm saying is, it's a good thing. It's a good thing to be plumb with God. It's a great thing to be plumb with God. But you don't want to shuck and jive, you know. I think I used that expression right. Yeah, you don't want to do that. You want to be straight with God. Now listen here. So, God, God was dealing with both the political and the uh, religious uh, structures. And this is what God is doing right now. The Lord is exposing. And when, when COVID hit, God, I saw God exposing what was wrong with our religious structures. Wow. There were so many pastors, so many pastors who were saying some of the most ridiculous things. And there were people following him saying, yeah, yeah, right, right. They, it was not biblical what they were saying. Yeah. And there's so many of us. We have put all of our, we put, not, if not all, so much of our hope in the world system that we can't distinguish between the world and the church. So God says, no, I'm going to make this thing plumb. And I'm just, I'm not happy that God's judgment is coming to all of us. I, already, I believe it's all, we're already there. But I'm not so happy about it. I'm just warning. Yeah. You say, well, Pastor, we didn't come. We wanted some, some, some good stuff. This is some good stuff. 
I'm going to take a few more minutes. Let me, let me read verse 10. This is good. This talks about Amaziah's arrogance. Amaziah was a priest of Bethel. What had happened, just to give you a real small capsule, uh, when Solomon was king, you know, David and Solomon, then Solomon was king after David. David was the one who, uh, that uh, brought the kingdom together and God established his kingdom, uh, that is God's rule on the earth was there in the Davidic kingdom. So God had a throne on the earth in, in the Davidic kingdom. So uh, when David passed on, he gave the rulership, God says, give it to Solomon. And Solomon, of course, uh, built, uh, he, Solomon was amazing. He, he was very, very wise, and, but he did some crazy things. And uh, he, he had more wives than, he, I mean, you, you don't need but one wife. You know. But did he have 700 wives, 300 concubines? That, that's it, right? Uh, 300 wives and 700 concubines. Okay, 300 wives. Yeah, 300 wives. 300 wives. So you know he was messed up. He was not plumb. 300 wives, 700 concubines. And, and so, and he taxed the people. He taxed them. He was always requiring so much of them. He actually built an, a splendid kingdom, but it was at a great cost. And his son Rehoboam, at the time Jeroboam, uh, who was in the northern Israel, rebelled against him. And Solomon was trying to find him and kill him. He couldn't. And Jeroboam went to Egypt. Now, let me just go, just a tidbit of information. When David was pursued by Saul, he never went to Egypt. He went to the wilderness. There's a big difference. You can, you'll be made in the wilderness. You'll be destroyed in Egypt. Egypt is a type of the world. And so Egypt being a type of the world, Jeroboam became fixed in, in, in what he was, a rebel. He was a rebel. He was rebellious. Even though Solomon was doing what he was doing, God did not set him up to rebel against God-appointed authority. See, God knows how to rebuke uh, his appointed authority. You don't know what God's uh, authority wants to do. You don't know what they should be doing. And when you sit back and we sit back and we judge, we're wrong in that regard. If God didn't tell you, don't talk. But what happened was when Solomon died, Jeroboam left Egypt and came back, had a meeting with Solomon's son, Rehoboam. And, and he talked to him. He said, look, we, we, in the northern part of Israel, we want just, you're taxing us too much. We can't do anything, you know, with the taxes. Would you lighten it? You know, and Rehoboam said, um, let me, give, give me three days. I'm going to go talk. And Rehoboam did one of the, the craziest things. He asked his counselors. He had counselors who had counseled his dad, Solomon. They counseled the, the purportedly the wisest man at that juncture who had ever lived on the earth. They said, and now you had counselors who counseled him. On here, you had young boys you grew up with. So he asked them what to do. The old men, those who had been with, let me go, let me go back. Those who had been with Jesus a little while. I know Jesus. But those who had been with Jesus a while. They walked it out with him, cried it out with him, suffered with him. You need to listen to them. He said, what should I do? They said, look, if you were lighten their load, they will serve you forever. You got it where you want it. He said, all right, but what do y'all say? He said, tell him that your little finger will be thicker than your daddy's waist. 
And that boy, Rehoboam, son of the wisest man, took the craziest advice. And he went out and told them that Jeroboam rebelled. And, and, this, and Jeroboam then built a false religion. He built false religion in northern Israel. So Israel, as it were, as they would say in East Texas, from the get-go, from the get-go, they were bad. They were bad uh, and worshiping idols, golden calf and, and all in Bethel. And so this man here, Amaziah, was a part of that ignorance. And that ignorance cr created an arrogance. And, and so he says, then Amaziah, the priest of Bethel, sent to Jeroboam, king of Israel, saying, Amos has conspired against you in the midst of the house of Israel. He says, so a a Amos has conspired against you in public. And this, listen, this is what's going on even in our nation at this juncture and, and in the world. It's going on right now as I'm preaching to you. There are people who say they're men of God and they are standing up and they are coming against what God wants. I'm saying do not be deceived. I'm saying read the Word of God. Follow the Spirit of God. You have been brought forth by the Word of God. Come on, the Word of God brought you forth. Your Garden of Eden is a person, Jesus Christ. You were created in Christ. Come on. Come on, hallelujah. We can do it. And so he says to him, he's conspired against you in the midst of the house of, uh, of Israel or in public. The land is not able to bear all of his words. The, the land can't bear God's words? That's where we are, everybody. Beloved, that's where we are. That's where we are, not only in our nation, but the whole world. The world cannot bear the word of God. But this is not a good thing. This man here is lying in a sense, because he's saying they can't bear it. What he's saying is they're going to do something. They're going to rebel against you. But that wouldn't have been a really a rebelling against them. It would have been that they came plumb with God. And that means that Jeroboam would have seen that he was out of sync, as it were, or out of plumb. He was leaning very, very, very much to one side. So here he says, um, uh, Amos has said, Jeroboam shall die by the sword. And Israel shall surely be led away captive from their own land. What do you want them to do, Amaziah? Lie? Like you were? That's what the world is doing, everybody. This is what we have to watch. This is what being plumb means. This is a serious message, isn't it? It's a serious message that, that God has set his plumb line down in the midst of his people. Yeah. We don't judge by each other. We have to judge by the plumb line. The plumb line, as I said, I believe is crossed, the Christ and his cross. Of course, it's the word of God. It's the spirit of God. Let's look at, look at it. He says, then Amaziah said to Amos, after he said all those terrible things, uh, like or misrepresenting what Amos had said and done. Verse 12 says, then Amaziah said to Amos, go, go, you seer, flee to the land of Judah. There eat bread and there prophesy. And so it was Amaziah's deceit. He was saying, you are doing this for profit. And so Amos answered him and said to Amaziah, he said in verse 14, he says, I was no prophet, nor was I a son of a prophet, but I was a sheep breeder and a tender of sycamore fruit. I, I was minding my own business. I was serving the Lord, but I had me up my business. My business. I, I was a sheep breeder and I tended sycamore fruit. Then the Lord took me as I followed the flock. And the Lord said to me, go, prophesy to my people Israel. And that's what he says, come on. I, I, I didn't want to do this. God sent me to do this. 
And then verse 16 says, now therefore hear the word of the Lord. Now therefore hear the word of the Lord. Do not prophesy against Israel and do not spout against the house of Isaac. Therefore, thus says the Lord. He says, now you hear the word of the Lord. Do not prophesy against Israel. Don't spout against the house of, Israel, of Isaac. Therefore, thus says the Lord. She said this to the false prophet Amaziah. Your wife shall be a harlot in the city. Your sons and daughters shall fall by the sword. So that means dads, it means that when we just keep being messed up, we have the plumb line and we won't adhere to the plumb line, we affect our whole family. You affect your wife, you affect your children because you won't be plumb with God. It's bad. Your wife shall be a harlot in the city because of you. Your sons and daughters shall fall by the sword. Your land shall be divided by survey line. You shall die in a defiled land. And Israel shall surely be led away captive from his own land. I'm not going to go further. But let me just say, in this time, the men, it, it becomes so bad, so corrupt. I don't, I don't want any man, man here to feel like I'm picking on him. But I want every man to hear me. The men had become so bad, uh, in a sense, worthless. Because they had allowed the, the wives to demand so much of them that they were out defrauding everybody to try to build another house. You know, like they had a house in the city and a house in the country. They had a winter house and a summer house. And they were doing all of this. And, and supposedly representing the people on behalf of God, but they were not. They were serving idols. Let's make sure that we are God's true people. And let's make sure that we adhere to the word of God and that we're not, we men are not cowering because we won't do our job. God never called us to be harsh and mean and cruel. Never. But we have to stand up and say, this is what God wants. We need to get hold, of, get hold of our wife's hand. Say, this is what God wants. And let's do what God wants. All of this happened just like Amos prophesied. And I say to you, we're going to see much of the same thing played out throughout the world. And the days are coming. And we are now in a, in a bit of a trot. You know, trot like moving a little fast. We're in a bit of a trot. We're not walking any longer. We're trotting to the cliff now. And, and there won't be a long time before we'll be in full sprint to the cliff. So let us be the people of God. Let's be plumb. All right? I'll be back in a minute.